Welcome, everybody, to the You Need a Horror Podcast. Let me get this figured out. There he goes. Is he frozen or is he just staying? No, I can see <laughs> the lights. I can see the lights moving behind him. <laughs> yes. Talk to the people, Nick. Matt, shut up about the Steelers. What's up, everybody? How we doing? So uh, I did a live stream with Justin earlier tonight, and I would, I totally lied to you guys. Uh, I thought that we were watching the movie and discussing mm-hmm. it as we were watching it. No, we're just deep dive discussing it, which I prefer. Also, yes, everyone, we are doing a call-in portion. We're going, yes. uh, we're, we're channeling our inner Howard Stern. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, there's juicy stuff that I highlighted that I'm going to read and we're going to discuss. And obviously the chat will be involved and it's going to be really cool. There's some, I mean, I read some really, really good stuff in the last chapter of Taking Shape. Of course, there's still stuff in here that I can't talk about because I want you to buy the book. I'm not affiliated with these people, but this book was phenomenal. So I want you to pay for the book. Nah, he's paid for. He's paid for. Uh, I wish I was. Are you kidding? I I, I wish. Um, but I want to welcome everybody tonight. Uh, again, we will have a call in. You heard that right. A call in portion for the show where I'm going to put a number up on the screen. It's not my own cell phone number, so don't get any ideas <laughs> that you will call. I'll post tell- that in the chat later. You put it in the chat later. You'll tell us your name and your thoughts on on on. Uh, the topic at hand and then a question and then I will hang up on you that way we can talk because Nick won't be able to you won't be able to hear Nick when you're on the call so we'll call you we'll, we'll get to that point in, in a little bit but of course let's see who we have with us tonight we've got Jaden Christopher Maximiliano 543 Deadhead Miss Erica Fachi Cinema what's up brother Hard Business Nathan Mills um Saturn video of Dave Vanderhoff. Quentin loves trains and horror movies. That's a great combination. Death Punch 70. Uh, Alexis Horror. How you doing, Alexis? Thank you for becoming a patron. Saturn video. I think I said you twice, so you're lucky. Uh, we got a gr- lot of great people in here tonight, and I'm sure more people will creep in, but um, I don't know, Nick. What else is going on? I don't want to just dive right into it. Of course, we got a, the preliminary talk. Yeah, uh, like I was saying on my stream earlier tonight, um, do it well. Two things: one, guys, when you do the call-in portion of the show, there's a few things you have to know. Christian's going to be on a hair trigger, so <laughs> I can hang up at a moment's notice. So if you try yeah. to say like the N word or the yeah. F word, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, don't just don't do that because it's going to ruin any opportunity for you to be calling again to the show, and it's going to ruin it for other people. So yeah, when you guys do it. Yeah. Wait to do that when I do like a my own private stream. It's not this show. That way I can delete the video easily. Yeah. I mean, granted, so, I can edit the po- I can edit the podcast after the fact, but yeah. But uh, <laughs> so on top of that, um, don't be racist when you <laughs> for yeah. God's sake. Please don't. Like we we're not we're not into that. <laughs> Nobody else is going to be into that. So don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, man, I, I was telling you yesterday, uh, yesterday I had nothing going on. So I watched, I, I mean, it'd been probably a few years and I, I watched the first three Hellraiser movies again, back to back to back. And I gotta mm. say, man, Tell what a solid, it. what a solid, solid trilogy there, uh, with, mm. and I said this a few weeks ago on the show and it, I'm still, I feel the same way. Um, Hellbound's still my favorite, right? I, right. I think it's still my favorite. 
Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That's one of the only movies where before you see it, you think in your mind of how gory and wild something can be. And it actually matches what's in your head. Mm-hmm. Like usually when I, when you look at the cover of Hellraiser, mm-hmm. I think Hellraiser one's a great movie. But yes. before I saw it, what I pictured in my head was way more intense than the actual movie. But two actually surpassed what I thought. I mean, with the guy just cutting his chest and then the oh, woman coming out of the mattress. It's not even just him cutting his chest. It's when you see it through his perspective and it's all the bugs and shit. I'm like, Ugh. oh, like it's just gross. And that. Yeah, man, and the score. Someone mentioned it in my uh, chat earlier. The it's score even by better. Christopher Young. Yeah, it's so good. Which he did the first one, I believe, too. But he just he nailed it for the second one. You know, what's wrong? Do you hear that head? popping? Yeah, I think that's me. I'll fix that. I was gonna say. I was like, I don't think it's me. I didn't do anything. No. Oh, fucking shit! All right, talk to him for a second. I'll fix that. Sorry about your ears, everybody. No. I, it's it's natural. Christian had to have technical difficulties. It's usually me, so it's Christian's turn this time. Uh, but yeah, dude, what a solid fucking trilogy. Like, really, really solid. Um, and uh, I said this in my live stream earlier, and I feel I do feel this way, because like so many people, when you talk about Hellraiser, like, what quotes are you thinking about? You're thinking about, like, uh, your suffering will be legendary, even in hell, which is a great quote, you know. Yeah, got such sights to show you. Great quote, but one of my favorite ones was <laughs> just the Bible verse of Jesus wept, and uh, I like the and in the moment, like in the context of that, when he's just like right before Frank gets torn apart, and he just says Jesus wept, and then just fucking oh, it was I was like that's awesome. Uh, people agree. They're saying mm-hmm. Hellraiser is a two part movie. I only ever watch it that way. I tell you what's so great about Hellraiser too is they do things that are against the stereotypical recipe to make a good sequel. Frank was a great character in the first Hellraiser. He ain't shit in part two. He's not even a side character. That movie's like, you're not good enough for Hellraiser two. Get out of here. Now the doctor, right? Just one scene. One scene. He's, he's Mm -hmm. nothing in Hellraiser two. That is so ballsy. Mm -hmm. Hellraiser two is the one of the, in my opinion, Hellraiser 2 is one of the best horror films of the decade. I think Hellraiser 2 is that damn good. So I'm all, I was glad to hear you say that because I, Hellraiser 2 to me is the goat. 3 is great. 3 is really fun. It's different. I like the Sean Clark prop that he got that son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that thing still existed. <laughs> He's backing it up in his house. Uh, yeah, I mean, way to go. <laughs> Way to go. I'm Jiffy Poppin, and Nick's got fucking towers falling. Way to go. <laughs> now my dog's dumbass just knocked all the lights off of my fucking uh, bookshelves and stuff. My Myers lights and the purple string lights I had around. Yeah. Hey, why don't, you, why don't you go lay down? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you go do that? Go lay down. Can't fucking control yourself. Oh my god, Jesus this episode Christ. is awesome. That's gonna sound can you oh. imagine the audio version when people are just sitting there listening and they don't see your face and it's just like they don't because I saw that happening a few you started looking. <laughs> I mean he pisses oh, me dude. off. He, he can't control himself, he just acts like a wild animal. You're a That's domesticated what he is. dog. <laughs> he is a wild animal. No, no, believe me, no, he is he his <laughs> life is fine. I promise you his life is fine. Oh, but yeah. Um but yeah, no, and then we got to talking about the new Hellraiser movie, and you know, I was talking to um, 
Justin from Movie Watch Daily about this uh, a few days ago on Instagram. And we were going back and forth about how we're really looking forward to it. And we think it's a weird, like, it's really weird that people, like, want to hate a new Hellraiser movie. Even though it could be awesome. Like, it just seems like there is this fervor online that is like, oh, this is going to be fucking terrible. I can't wait for this to be bad. It's like, why would you want it to be bad? Like, I'm excited. I'm conditioned to that already. You know, it's like, it's, that's not even, it's like, that's just the world now, you know? It's it's terrible, but nobody's seen it yet. You know, I try to block all that noise out of my head just because if you drown in it too much, it'll really bum you out. You know, so I try to just it is what it is. And uh, and that's probably why I make myself so happy for the new Halloween movie, because there's always going to be people that this shit needs to stop. I'm 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 like I'm ready. I'm so excited to see uh, Halloween ends and all that. But um, anything else before we get started, Nick, because I do have a lot of stuff highlighted. I'm just going to say real quick, everybody says it's because hell, because Pinhead is going to be, you know, a female and it's not, you know, not Doug Bradley and everything like that. And I just have to say upon rewatching those first few movies, Pinhead really isn't that big a part of those movies. And he was never supposed to be the star. He really, that's according to Clive, you know, that's what happened. He's like the final boss. Like really, like that's what he is. It's like a lot of the movies about, that world and the Cenobites as a whole and the, in the, you know, limit configuration and stuff, not so much about him. So like, I don't really care. Um, right. I, I'm looking forward to it, but um, yeah, I mean, aside from that, no, man, I, I think yeah. I, yeah, no, I think I'm ready. Uh, Dalton says it's cause it's going to be a broad, uh, not, and not Doug Bradley. Isn't it true that the original story that Clive wrote was like a broad that was Sandra, playing androgynous uh pinhead or the priest yeah i see you saturn i know like we call him pinhead but uh it was it had no gender um so being male or female really doesn't matter i mean it's there was no gender all we really knew i think in its iteration from the beginning it was like um it was androgynous with no gender but it was very feminine uh, right i believe right. is how it was, it was described so it's like whatever cool all oh, right, Carl, well, Carl's fine. He's already right here next to me on the floor. Okay? The dog's not, fine. He's not, not hitting the Carl. dog, y'all. No. Relax. He's not going to hit the dog. Sometimes he does stupid <laughs> shit. Sometimes he does stupid shit. We all have, a lot of us have dogs. Every now and then our dogs just do stupid stuff that make us go, why are you the way you are? Like, right. Yeah. No. Okay, guys. Give me a thumbs up in the chat if you're ready because – we're not watching the movie. We're talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff. We're going to talk about the route to Halloween 2018. We're going to talk about the speed bumps to Halloween 2018. We're going to talk about the producers of Halloween 2018. This is not your mama's Halloween live stream. This is for the fans. This is for the, the real fans of the franchise that want to learn. I, I got to go then, man. I remember real you, guys, fans. you guys took my card away. So, well, I gave out. it back to you. You got your card back. Yeah. You got your card. Uh, I, I, I need you for this episode, Nick, because you probably have deep dove into the internet, the bowels of the internet and watching and reading shitty articles about these movies from shitty magazines that pay to get these interviews. Dude, the, so the lead, the lead up to this movie, I was on the internet every day with any morsel of info I could get. So, yeah. Okay. All right, well, let's start here. All right, we, every the people are ready. Are y'all ready for uh, this? Okay, so Taking Shape, the last chapter. Let's start, and then we'll comment. Uh, 
then we'll comment on what we're reading, and I want the chat obviously to give me their two cents. Jaden, so this piss off. <clears throat> All right, Nick, here we go. The franchise was in an arguably strange place after Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. That sequel was pred- predictably savaged by critics with real views James Baradineli, weird last name, remarking, if this one represents Rob Zombie's vision, then he's blind. Financially, and, and don't worry, Nick, just, okay, you're, you're petting your post. I was going to say, don't worry about, uh, the guy that wrote this book is actually a fan, so you know, give yeah. him a second. He usually kind of chimes in here and there. The film hadn't exactly been a failure with a worldwide gross of $39 million. That total may have invested every sequel except Halloween H2O. But it was roughly half of what its predecessor had earned. A similar falloff in ticket sales would prove to be an issue for a possible Halloween 3 on the same budget. The sequel's box office take was also suggested that Michael Myers not might be able to slay the competition as he once had. Halloween 2 opened toe-to-toe against the Final Destination and lost. The Final Destination would debut in first place with a with a $40 million opening weekend, which is more than what Halloween 2 would earn in its entire theatrical run. 2009 wasn't a bad year for horror either with the original Paranormal Activity reigning king at the box office. It, was all, uh, it earned over $90 million worldwide. Jason Voorhees had bested Michael Myers before, but Harry Warden? This was a new defeat. Um, so... We'll stop right there. Um, it's interesting when you put into perspective that not only did not only did Final Destination outgross the juggernaut that is Halloween, but it beat it on a weekend. Now we're going to talk more about that, but when you put that into perspective, to me, Nick, that that tells me that a lot of people that went and saw this Halloween movie in two thousand seven paid the money to go see it, but said. I don't want to see any more of this. This isn't for me. Do you think that's probably the case or was it lack of promotion? Um, I mean, it, it did less than half, right? Than the first well, one. Yes. And it's, it's a lot of things though. And it, it wasn't, it, it, it is a lot of things for me. It is absolutely because there was definitely, I, there was, definitely a lack of marketing i know that for a fact because i remember in 2007 you couldn't turn on the tv without seeing a tv spot for rob zombies halloween it wasn't like that for h2 one and i think that was because the producers the company they did not believe in it i don't think they believed in it we all heard about the turmoil behind the scenes of rob basically just saying fuck you guys i'm gonna make whatever i want so i don't think they believed in it they didn't put the money behind it two they released in fucking august and 28 Three. to be exact, right? Which was, yes. we just celebrated its anniversary a couple yep, days two ago. days ago. Yep. And, 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 but I think at the end of the day, it was more or less like Halloween hadn't necessarily fallen out of favor, but like Paranormal Activity, Final Destination, those franchises were literally at their peak at that point. And you're like, all right, we're going to release a Halloween movie in August. And we're going to put it up against a new franchise that's really making a killing at the box office. And word of mouth about H2 was not good, so it didn't have legs. Just didn't. I mean, I, I it's a lot of factors, man. I, it, because Rob's Halloween, to most casual fans, I think did score pretty well audience-wise. And most of the fans that didn't like it were like the hardcore fans. Um, but like your normal casual movie-going audience, the people I went to see it with, for example, you know, they, they're they not diehard Halloween fans. They really dug it. So, right, right. I, it was just a lot of things, man. It was. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that Dimension intentionally chopped its legs off by not pushing it. 
Right. And, and you know, I, I was listening and I urged the people to check this out after this show, of course. Uh, Rob Zombie did an interview with uh, Eli Roths. I'm sure Nick has already listened to this, but it was from 2020. And Rob actually said to the interviewer, it wasn't Eli that was interviewing him. It was some other lackey that was interviewing Rob for the for the video. But Rob said that Bob Weinstein came up to him and verbally said out loud, this movie's going to do 40 million dollars. Like he like it's like he knew it before the movie even came out, which tells me that they didn't promote it. And I think we might talk a little bit about more more of that. But that's to get because, look, we're talking about 2018, but we've got to get the story. We've got to get to we've got to get to it because that's just as cool, if not more cool than the actual production things that would that would go on. All right. So here's a little uh, we're going to talk now, Nick, about what happened with the Weinsteins and what happened with them losing halloween fuck them uh on september 12 2009 less than a month after halloween 2 hit theaters dimension executives fielded a sequel pitch from screenwriters todd farmer and patrick lucier this duo had provided the script for 2009's my bloody valentine 3d which had been a rousing success in addition to having directed my bloody valentine 3d lucier was also an editor on halloween h2o and was well regarded at Dimension. Studio head Bob Weinstein liked their pitch and ordered them to expand it into a full screenplay that Lucier would direct. Um, obviously, there's a lot of history. They've done interviews now talking about this, but um, I don't know. Do you do you, do you, do you ever do you ever have any uh, wish that this would have happened? Or yeah, yes and no. Um, yes, because I, I just, I loved Scout as Lori and, uh, I really would have loved to see the final arc for her character, um, in a third movie. Plus we're used to trilogies. You know what I mean? something ending on a two is really weird. Um, Mm, yeah. So yeah. Part of that, like OCD in me was like, nah, give me the damn trilogy and give me more Scout. Um, but no, in the sense that when I want, when I read the script for Halloween 3d, it was not good. It didn't work uh, for you? No, it, it yeah. was not good. I, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. There was like literally a line in that script where they're talking about one of the nurses in the mental institution walks in the room and it's like she walked in and she was hot as fuck. And I was just like, it, it would have just been one of those movies. You know what I mean? Where I was like, uh, uh, it, it wouldn't have taken itself seriously for better or worse, but I don't think that worked in Rob's world because his two movies were very like violent and serious. And I just don't think it would have worked fair enough let's let's move on because you you you're more you're more in depth with all that than me uh so pre-production on halloween 3d roared to life even as the first draft was still being written farmer and lucier secured return commitments from tyler and scout they also cast halloween three star tom atkins in a new role as Lori's doctor could you imagine tom atkins in a halloween i was was so excited a halloween three movie no less. I was so excited. Yeah. Like, yes. Gary Tunnicliffe, returning from Halloween 6 and Resurrection, signed on to handle the film's special effects. Location scouting quickly began in Shreveport, Louisiana for a November shoot, which is in my backyard. That's that's pretty cool. Let me continue. The screenwriters submitted their first full draft on September 26, 2009. Yet two days later, the project was suddenly canceled by Bob with no official reason given. Rumors of an all- another Halloween 3 would circulate across the next several years with the Halloween official Halloween site 
announcing such a project in the spring of 2014. Malika Kad would announce the iteration as being dead in October of that same year. Now, I didn't need to go into why Malik announced it dead because I know that you know. So basically, it seems like the project would start, stop, start, stop, and then Weinstein trickled with it for the next couple of years. And then it seems like we got to a point to where it was going to legitimately happen in what, five, six years ago? Maybe even longer than that. I forget it's 2022, but yeah, tell the people done. what basically happened. You know, Halloween Returns? No, no, Halloween 3D, when it had been the final death of the movie is what I'm referring to. We're not to Halloween Returns yet. Well, I mean, I think it was a lot of things. Um, I mean, obviously, you had the Weinstein Company pretty much going bankrupt. Um, and you had the failure of Scream 4, uh, on their minds, they didn't really want to move forward with it. And then you had, uh, I believe at one point, I could be wrong, but I believe at one point there was even hesitation from Scout and Tyler uh, because from Rob's direction of, they kind of felt like they didn't want to continue without Rob. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of things that happened behind the scenes as to why that movie didn't get made. And then eventually, but I mean, am I wrong? Was the death knell, the Weinstein company going under? Not under. I'm so glad you said that because there's a lot of people. There's a lot of speculation the, 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 about like that. The, yeah, the investigation into them and everything. Okay. Because they they that. had or they, they lost the rights and they the lost rights, the yeah they lost the rights. But here's the thing, and I, I texted you about this the other day. Let's go into this. So because somebody actually just asked, did Dimension lost the rights? Right, technically, but let's get into that because I don't know. I don't know if everybody knows this. All right. <clears throat> long story short the weinsteins grew miramax films from the start of the late 70s that was their organization miramax they created them and i'm paraphrasing what i'm reading but they created dimension to be their horror wing through dimension miramax released the curse of michael myers h2o and resurrection all to varying degrees of success this is where things get interesting and this is where i don't know look at that good old boy he looks so good Told you he's fine. Good old boy. All right, mm -hmm. so this is where, this was very interesting to me, and I made sure to highlight this really yellow. So listen to this, everybody. So like I just said, to reiterate, Miramax, under the Dimension label, made Halloween 6, 7, and 8 to varying degrees of success. 2005 <laughs> sees a major shakeup, however. The wine, and I didn't know this, the Weinsteins part ways with, with uh, oh, let me just say this. Apparently, uh, hold on. Let me make sure I'm reading this right. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me, I got to start over again. Miramax is eventually purchased by Walt Disney in 1993 for 60 million dollars. So, in the in the in the middle of the 90s, Disney buys Miramax with the Weinstein still still the, the the spearheads of the organization but it's under the disney umbrella now which i didn't know that yep. uh and miramax the weinstein brothers they formed dimension because of that to make their own independent label under the disney umbrella uh so here's the this is the cool thing in 2005 it sees a major shakeup. the weinsteins part ways with disney to form the weinstein company so if you guys have watched movies past 2005 I think the Rob Zombie movies say the Weinstein Company as well as Dimension, but 
Miramax and its vast library of films, including the aforementioned Halloween sequels, six, seven, eight, stay behind at Disney, which has got to be part of the reason why Halloween six, seven, and eight are being sold together by Scream Factory. Cause that sounds like some Disney shit, right? That they would release it. They have to buy them together. Cause a lot of people were like, and, and see, people were giving me shit or giving me shit. Cause I, you told me that you asked Sean Clark, why is Rob Zombie's movies not coming out? Because it's all quote unquote, it's all quote unquote Miramax. It's not Dimension and Miramax. When the, the Disney thing went down, I read this. I wanted whoever that guy was. God damn it. I wish you were here and you were hearing this. All this shit got split up when the Weinsteins left Miramax because of the Disney deal. So let me finish this last little part. As part of the 05 agreement, Miramax licenses the Halloween sequel rights to Dimension, which is a part of the Weinstein Company now, right? Which they're allowed to keep so long as they continue producing new installments. In the event that they stop making new Halloween movies, the rights revert back to Miramax. What in Halloween 2018's opening, besides Blumhouse, do you see on the screen? Miramax. Miramax, not the Weinstein Company. Does this make sense to people now? Okay. It's always been about the rights. It's always, always, he's right. Now let me finish this last part. The next two films in the franchise, the Rob Zombie's Halloween and two Rob Zombie's Halloween two are by dimension films as owned by the Weinstein company, which is why the four K's did not come out from screen factory. I hope that guy's here. <laughs> dimension lost their claims to the series after failing to produce a new sequel, despite several contract extensions, several contract extensions, the coveted Halloween rights reverted back to Miramax. There we go. So all this confusion about what the fuck is going on. Does this clear some of this up for you guys? Any comment on all this, Nick? Because when I was reading this, it was just like so many people speculate on this stuff naturally. But to clear up the bullshit, and everybody's an expert on this shit, right? Everybody's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. I hate to sound like the dickhead now, but you don't know what you're talking about. You're wrong about Rob Zombie's Halloween's. I cut on 4K. No, it's all Miramax. No, dude, it's complicated. And I never claimed to know. I said, Sean Clark told Nick hey, they're, they're, it's not the same rights. And he was right. He yeah. was fucking right. Okay. No, so, yeah. Any, any comment? Well, I mean, first of all, with the Sean thing, Sean has literally been a part of dozens of home video releases for the Halloween franchise. He's friends with Malik and God, for God's yeah. sake. Like he knows what he's talking about, first of all. Second of all, uh, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be confusing to anybody. It was a different branch that branched out the Weinstein Company and Dimension Films. That was a different branch. It wasn't Miramax anymore. So the rights to those two movies, they were not with Miramax. And what I take from all of this is like, yes, I understand that people were worried and people were, you know, uh, financially and whatnot. But it, I always took from this that Malika Cod was intentional, intentionally waiting for the rights to lapse back because I feel like once the, the heat got turned up a little bit on the Weinsteins and then, you know, the underperformance of a lot of their movies, like near the tail end there, their movies weren't doing too great. And then, you know, rumors started coming out of, of, about them. I always felt like Malik was like, I'm going to wait this out. Those rights are going to revert. And then we're going to find the best partner to make more movies. And the best partner meant who's going to pay top dollar. I don't know what Blumhouse paid. I can tell you it was probably an obscene amount of money. And they don't like, give a number in here. Yeah. It was probably obscene because Jason saw this as an opportunity to really like uh, take his 
production house to the next level. And Malik obviously saw it as the opportunity to get Halloween back out into the mainstream. Um, But yes. So who owns, no, who owns Rob Zombie's Halloween's is Dimension Films, which Dimension Films is a is owned by the Weinstein Company. By the Weinstein Company. I, and the Weinstein. I think I can, I'm confusing people because I was long winded. Yeah. And, so, the, and the Weinsteins I, are, are, are shit now. They're gone. They're, 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 they're yeah. nothing. So to summarize, guys, because I know I was long winded because I was interjecting my my bullshit. Six, seven, and Miramax purchased Miramax is purchased by Disney in 1993. So the Weinsteins are Miramax Disney buys Miramax so now Miramax is under the Disney umbrella and the wine scenes do Dimension Films which is a branch of Miramax which is owned by Disney during that time before 2005 6, 7 and 8 are made under Dimension which is owned by Miramax which is owned by Disney in 2005 the Weinsteins leave Disney and still, they have the right to produce their Halloween films under the Dimension label. So the Miramax, the Rob Zombie films are under the Weinstein umbrella, not the Miramax umbrella. So Disney owns Disney technically owns six, seven, and eight, not Rob Zombie's one and two. Confusing, yeah. I know, but again, this is why we didn't get all these Halloween movies. We didn't get the Rob Zombie movies with six, seven, and eight. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, because Saturn, it's different it negotiations, is. different people. So go ahead, yes. Jack. I'm sorry. No, I was replying to a comment. Uh, yes, it is Saturn. Um, as far as yeah, I mean, so that happens, and then I mean, I'm assuming the book covers the whole Halloween Returns thing, right? I'm sorry, say that again. So all that happens, and I'm sure that the book also then covers Halloween Returns, yes. right? Okay. Yes. Um, so hopefully that clarifies the rights issues for you guys. This is where the franchise is. The rights revert back to Miramax. Malik is ready to start making deals and get a new movie out there. Yeah. So let's do the last little bit about the Mer- the the Weinstein Company dimension thing. The dimension films would forfeit the valuable sequel rights is curious, especially in light of their past efforts to retain rights to far less valuable properties. In 2010, the Weinsteins desperately rushed micro-budgeted sequels to Hellraiser and Children of the Corn into production to keep from losing those franchise rights. The resulting films, Hellraiser Revelations and Children (laughs) of the Corn Genesis. Uh, uh, These are among the worst-reviewed chapters in either franchises, which is profound when you think about it. So the two words, and Nick basically said it, the two words as to why Dimension couldn't get another Halloween film made is Malik Akkad. He was done with the Weinsteins. Done. D-O-N-E. Because he has the say in what movie's getting started or stopped at the end of the day. No Malik on board, no Halloween film. So that's why there was no and, Halloween 3D or Halloween In hindsight, in hindsight, I'm very glad. I, at the time, as a Halloween fan, I was getting frustrated about where the hell is news on, ho- on a Halloween movie. I'm very glad he waited it out because the Weinstein Company rightfully went under and and it just wasn't the house for Halloween anymore. Yeah. Say what you will about Blumhouse. And, you know, we have we have our issues with that. But, yeah, I mean, it was he did the right thing by the franchise for the franchise's longevity. Malik did the right thing. Okay, so Nick, in terms of the Halloween return stuff, I didn't cover, I didn't highlight too much of it because it's pretty common knowledge what happened. They reached out to uh, one of the guys that was writing those Saw films. Uh, 
they got pretty far. And at the end of the day, what happened was, and you talked, you told me this, Malik, he got when they wanted to film overseas, the production was like, we got to go overseas to film. He's like, no, no. And that yeah. got killed right away. It was, too. it was like Bulgaria or something like that. It was, they wanted to film out of the country and Malik, they, uh, from what I remember, they were like, we're less than a month away from cameras rolling. And they had scouted, it was Romania or Bulgaria or, or something like that, somewhere over in that area. And everything had been agreed to aside from that. And Malik said no. And they said, well, look, you know, as far as making this movie, we're not trying to spend a ton of money on it. It's cheaper over there to film there. We don't want to put a bunch of money into a movie that might not succeed. And Malik's exact words, and Sean Clark has told me this, that Malik told him the exact same thing verbatim. Halloween is suburban America. It's not Bulgaria or wherever the fuck they were going to film. Right. He, he said it is suburban America. We film it in suburban America. <laughs> and even in the original, people will go, well, the first one was filmed in California. Have you been to South Pasadena? Because I visited those, pa those filming locations. Let me tell you something. Yeah, Hollywood Boulevard's a couple miles away. But, I mean, this it is like suburbia in the middle of Hollywood. It's crazy. It's like the Midwest in the middle of Hollywood. So, like... Right. Malik always said that. Yeah, if it's not here in suburban America, it's not Halloween, and I'm not doing yeah. it. And here's so. the here's the last bit of that, which they didn't go into detail about that, but like I said, Nick knew that. But um, Marcus Dunstan spoke publicly of the project still happening as late as September 2015. Unfortunately, behind-the-scenes drama at the studio level would soon derail the sequel altogether. In late October, Akkad officially confirmed the movie had been scrapped. More shocking news was just around a corner. In December, Bloody Disgusting reported that Dimension Films had lost the rights to Halloween, ending their 20-year reign over the franchise. So, uh, Malik was just done, and he wasn't going to put out a Bulgaria Halloween, and I gotta respect that, because it'd be so much easier for him to try to make the film as cheap as possible so he could get a better return. And that's not what Malik was doing. So, I mean, Malik, he's good in my book, whether you think yeah. Halloween 2018 is a good film or not. It's certainly, it's certainly got a few bucks behind it he, to say he, the least. He has upheld the standard of his dad and you got it. You've got to tip your cap to him. Mustafa loved this series and right. would never skimp on it. I mean, he wouldn't like, he wanted it continue. He wanted it to continue to keep going. He didn't want it to go straight to DVD ever. He wanted people to take right. it seriously, even as nutty as they got in the late eighties. He he did want this to be a legitimate venture, and Malik has been the same way since he took over. Like it's yeah. just show me a low budget Halloween movie since Malik has been in charge. You can't find one. <clears throat> All right, so we're gonna talk about now. We're gonna move into the birth of halloween 2018 so the miramax miramax officially takes over the producing of the next halloween film now that the dimension and the weinsteins company lose the rights the two executives in charge were dave is david thwaites thwaites t-h-w-a-i-t-e-s and zane devine they immediately pounce on the opportunity to develop a new halloween that finally might live up to the original Studio lore tells us that it was that Thwaites who first suggested the next iteration act as a direct sequel to the original, eschewing everything that happened in the sequels. This was similar to the, the approach suggested by Halloween Returns, except that Thwaites intended to pick up from the story 40 years later, not 10. Ideally, this would allow for the return of Laurie Strode. Devine soon reached out to Malik Akkad with the idea 
who had by now grown extremely frustrated with Dimension Films for allowing the Halloween franchise to languish into development hell. Devine assured Malak Akkad Miramax did not intend to do the same and not intend to do the same that, that they would. Um, you know, when you think about it, from inception to movie, we're looking at three years, you know, twenty late yep. 2015 to 2018. Not yep. long. Not for not for the movie business, that is. No. I mean, not compared to some of the gaps we've had with Halloween movies. I mean, shit. Nathan Mills, I'll tell you what. At the end of the show, we're doing a call-in portion where you can call in and tell us your thoughts on 2018, and we'll answer that. Remember, yeah. there's a call-in portion, so hang around. Um, they would turn to Jason Blum, blah, blah, blah. We know about this. The reason they turn, and I'm not going to read all the stuff. Long story short, I'm not telling you or Nick anything. You guys only know. the re And hello to every all 100 people in here. Hell yeah, 100 people. You're listening to Taking Shape. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to Jason Blum because he was on such a rise at the time. It was amazing. Bottom line, he was on such a rise. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing is it says that the executives reach out to Carpenter. And Carpenter is not receptive to the to the main executives of Miramax, mm -hmm. which is going to tell you the persuasiveness of Jason Blum. In fact, Carpenter also recently declined an invitation from Thwaites and Divine, the Merrimax producers, but still Jason Blum insisted that he meet face to face with the master of horror who agreed to hear him out, probably out of politeness and money. according, according to court and money. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if he gets paid just for meeting. Maybe, maybe, no, no, I am kidding. Yeah. Maybe buys him dinner. Yeah. But here we go. We're going to read the quote. From Jason Blum, according to Jason Blum himself, his 15 minute pitch seemed to have little effect. That's when the studio head leveled with the veteran filmmaker. Jason took Jason Blum to John Carpenter. I said, John, they're going to make this movie with or without us. I don't want to do it. Excuse me. I'm not doing it without you. So if you don't do it, I'm not doing it. But they're still going to do it. We may as well join the party instead of just letting them do it alone. Now, this is John Carpenter's resp uh, response to an interviewer after this pitch meeting happened. So apparently what I see, what I take from this is John was just like, whatever. Uh, but I think what Jason said to him, not coming from a money or whatever kind of perspective, I think John went home and thought about it. And John says to uh, an interview, I talked about the Halloween films for such a long time. But I haven't even seen all of them. Stop. Even John Carpenter is guilty of shitting on movies that he hasn't fucking seen. What was that mm -hmm. quote that uh, somebody said during the promotion? Why are we cutting away all the other Halloween sequels? Have you seen them? Have you seen them, John? Mm -hmm. You motherfucker. Let me tell you something, Christian. I think he's lying. I think he has seen them. I don't I think don't... you could birth this franchise and not like. Out of like, curiosity, yeah, sheer curiosity. Yeah. He's watched them, but he probably tries to be, I'm above that. No, you've fucking seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. That's right. Give the stream a like. Uh, I heard that uh, Dimension Films lost the right to Uncle Jerry as well. Get out of here. 
Yeah, Blumhouse is getting. I'm not selling. Yeah, they didn't get the rights from me. Uh, Paramount has the rights to that. Uh, It finally occurred. This is still the quote from John Carper. It finally occurred to me. Why don't I try to make it as good as I can? You know, stop throwing rocks, rocks from the sideline and get in there and try to do something positive. I think this also co-aligns with John becoming more of a happier person as he got older, too. He quit smoking cigarettes. He probably felt better. He probably didn't feel like an old mean bastard. I think that the timing was just right. And I think... um, I think Blum hit him with a blunt. I think, I think, I don't know that a lot of people, especially in the business side of it, would ever just really level with John. They want to act like come from such a business side to him. And John's just like, I don't feel, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like dealing with this shit. But I think with Jason being like, look, dude, I'm going to be straight up with you. They're going to do it without you. I don't want to do it without you. So if you don't, I'm not. Like, I think Jason is a fucking brilliant guy. People forget, too, that John, like, in the industry, I think, John Carpenter's a man. He's a person. Like, you can talk to him. Like, it doesn't have to. I mean, yeah, he's a grumpy old man, but he's, I mean, he's a person. I mean, you can you can literally just talk to him. I feel like sometimes people get, I th- and I feel like I get the vibe that that actually pisses Carpenter off sometimes. Like, when people are so trepidatious to talk to him about certain things and stuff because he is who he is. Like he seems like a no nonsense kind of like, dude, I'm just a guy. Like, He's just a guy. Just, I'm just a dude. Like just He's talk just to guy. me. Yeah. Just talk to me like a person. Like, yeah. All right, Nick, let's move on a little bit. <clears throat> In pursuing 2018 as a direct sequel to the original, the filmmakers were hoping to reintroduce Laurie Strode's character to the franchise. This might have proved difficult given her death and resurrection, but this new film was no longer beholden to the old continuity. Carpenter, this get, get ready for this. Carpenter himself was overwhelmingly in support of this unique approach. Pause. I think we don't really understand how much he hates Halloween to the original. I think he truly hates it. Yeah. Like, no, really I think it. I think he said in interviews, the sequel is OK, but everything after that is pretty, pretty much shit. I, I well, think he has said on record the sequel is OK. But I think it's I think it's more or less of like, yeah, if he could have it back, he probably would change H2 and not make them brother and sister and stuff like he probably would. But. I think it more comes from he didn't like where it went after that. One, he felt burned by them with H2O because he was like, pay me $20 million. They're like, fuck you. And he was like, all right, well, then fuck you. And then Resurrection comes and just poops all over everything. And that's part of the continuity. So John's basically, he sees this as a way. I think also this was a way for him to go, let me make Halloween 2 better than Halloween 2. Like, right. let this be the real Halloween 2. Maybe it was like unfinished business for him. I don't know. Right. If you're just joining us, you're listening to You Need a Horror Podcast Live. We're talking about the making of Halloween 2018. Um, let me continue. That's my radio back from commercial voice, If in case somebody just pulled this up. And we'll be right uh, back after this. We'll be right back. Uh, Carpenter himself is overwhelmingly in support of this unique approach. This owed largely to the fact that a direct sequel would undo the sibling connection, which he regretfully devised for the sequel. Whether or not Jamie Lee Curtis would return remained a huge uncertainty as as she had long since washed her hands of the franchise, Jason Blum very much liked the idea of bringing Laurie Strode back, though he was also willing to consider alternate storylines in the event that Curtis refused to participate. Obviously, now all we can do is speculate, but 
I would like to talk to Jason Blum about this if I could ever talk to him. Where else would he have gone? That's 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 the thing that we'll never know. Where would he have gone? Well, you guys will know now because bringing into the show right now, we've got Jason Blum from Blumhouse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe he'll do the call-in portion. Jason, are you listening? <laughs> huh. um, yeah, no, it would be really interesting to pick his brain about that. Oh I, I, I really, I really think so. I look, guys. We, Christian and I have said it. Jason, by the way, I respect you. If you ever were to listen to this, we respect you. You, you've made a lot of great movies. You know, you can kind of be a dick, whatever. That's fine, but. We underestimate sometimes just how much pull this dude has and how persuasive this dude is. Right. I mean, I, I'm telling you, like he's a businessman. He's he, like he's, he's smart. He's yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Blum. Uh, it, it was a risky move. Nick has talked about this before that uh, Jason Blum thought that McBride and Gordon Green were the right way to go, and he did. I don't need to read about that. You guys already know that. Uh, but it was rumored that Flan. Oh no, no, no! Uh, Flanagan denied doing the film. He got asked by Jason Blum, and he t- he told Blum, "I already made my Halloween. It's called Hush." That's a quote. That's a quote from uh Mike Flanagan. Good for him. So he turned it down because he said, "I already did my movie for Halloween." His, it's his, Hush. his flair doesn't really work for Halloween. You know what I mean? I could see him doing Nightmare. I couldn't. Re- he works better in movies that are like half grounded in reality and half not. And Halloween's supposed to be like pretty much all reality, so I'm I'm okay with that decision. Uh, another candidate was Adam Wingard. Are you familiar with Adam Wingard by name, yeah, Nick? I'm I don't familiar really familiar with Adam Wingard. Come on, yes, I love Adam Wingard. See, I, I don't know names of directors that well. Okay, I'm seeing here. I don't yeah. know why I didn't highlight this, but I'm glad you're next. Uh, Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Yep, and Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla versus Kong. Okay, so let me read this little bit. This was interesting. Another candidate was Wingard, who had helmed chillers such as Your Next, Blair Witch, and Death Note. An admitted fan, Wingard actively pursued the opportunity and came very close to securing the job. Uh, later speaking to the Movie Crip podcast, it should have been our podcast, Winger said, I actually got an email in confidence where Carpenter gave me the thumbs up. I walked away from it like I just got everything I wanted out of this job. Like I got approval from my dad. So, uh, Carpenter was saying, you give Wingard the job. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, Wingard, and you, you make a comment about it should have been our podcast. Yeah, he did Godzilla vs. Kong, and he's filming Godzilla vs. Kong 2 right now as we speak. He's too big league for us now. But, um, yeah, always love to see where he came from. Um, right. and, and I would have absolutely supported uh, him directing it because I don't know. I mean, you. I'm sure you've seen it. Your next is a fucking blast, dude. So like, good. Yeah. So I good. mean, he's a good director. That kind of brought Barbara Crampton's career back to life too. Yeah. Uh, that movie. Yep. She's talked about that. Thank you, Sharpan Joe shirt. Thank you very much. Somebody knew who Sharpan Joe was. Kelly Kapowski. Very nice. All right. So let's talk about getting Jamie Lee Curtis to do the movie. Nick, do you know? Do you? Uh, what do you know about that? Do you want me to just read it? I know, I know most of it, but you can go ahead and read it. All right, so, so Gordon, I, Gre- I have thoughts. Okay, okay, well, I want to hear those thoughts. Right, so Gordon Green sought to personally pitch Jamie Lee on the project, though she was, though the actress proved difficult to get a hold of. <laughs> Should have called Sean Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Green eventually turned to act. I didn't know this. Green eventually turned to actor Jake Gyllenhaal whom he had recently directed in 2017 Stronger, to appeal to the actress on his behalf. Gyllenhaal is a close family friend and Curtis's official godson. I didn't know that. Yep. Love Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Great actor. Hall Gyll- implored Curtis to meet with Green and hit a pitch, which she did in New York City. Like Carpenter, Halloween's original Scream Queen wasn't so easily enticed back to the series. She ended their meeting by asking Green to send her a script to look over. The actress read the script and phoned the director the following morning to pledge her commitment. Curtis's official return was announced on September 15th, 2017. The next morning. So less than 24 hours. I mean, she read the damn script that as soon as she got it. Yep. God almighty. We have Jake Gyllenhaal to thank. I mean, well, some of you may not be happy about it, but we have Jake Gyllenhaal to point the finger at for bringing Jamie Lee back. Also, apparently a good script in her mind. She liked the script. Uh, Maybe not so much the peanut butter on my penis, but I think she liked the arc of Laurie Strode. Um, And she was back in business. And then y'all remember what happened after that. They recreate the house. uh, You know, the, the, they do that photo shoot outside uh, replica. Well, like it was supposed to look like the Doyle house. She's wearing the same outfit. They got the pumpkin. They got Michael Myers. And we're off to the races. Um, this is just crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, how about we talk about the name of the film? When you first let me let me ask the chat, the chat, please, please try to bring yourself back to 2016, 2017, 20, 2016, because that's when we found out the movie was happening. Mm-hmm. What did you think the name of the movie was going to be at that time? At that time, did you think it was going to be called Halloween? Did you think they were going to have some kind of name for it? I I mean, I expected Halloween because we were already in that era. You know, Evil Dead 2013 was just called Evil Dead. Evil Dead, Blair they Witch dropped the was, duh, right? Yeah. Uh, then we had Blair Witch instead of Blair Witch Project. Like, it seemed like they were just going to do that. That's, that's kind of what I thought. But I also was wondering, would they call it Halloween 2? Um, because Halloween this too. is being billed as Halloween too. So I was like, they might call it Halloween too. Um, so I, yeah, it was one of those two for me. That was the only thing I could think of was just sticking with Halloween. And I, I figured it was going to be Halloween simply because you're trying to bring in a new generation to this and not confuse them. And, uh, yeah, when you get into like Halloween nine and you know, all this stuff, it's like, what the fuck? So yeah, I think that's what I expected. I definitely didn't expect it to be called Halloween Kills. Um, that mm. that was interesting for the sequel, but yeah, I still think Halloween Returns would have been a good movie. But it would have the, the I have I have an answer from the creators of the film why it was called Halloween. The filmmakers were initially unsure what to call the new film, and remember, guys, I'm skipping a lot of stuff. I want you to get the book. So for all 100 strong in here, you're gonna want to own this book. After much debate, the event they eventually settled on the simplest of titles, Halloween, making this the third film in the franchise with the moniker. Oddly enough, the 2011 prequel to John Carpenter's The Thing was also simply called The Thing. Come on, Hollywood. That's that's a little <laughs> note from the author. On the title conundrum, Green told Entertainment Weekly. So here's the response, ladies and gentlemen, for all of you that are saying, <laughs> hold on, Saturn video. <laughs> somebody watched the jason takes manhattan episode that's right um green told entertainment weekly do we call it the shape do we call it halloween returns what do you call it technically it's the third halloween too it got to the point where we were like well 
we don't want to not invite anybody. We don't want some unfamiliar with the previous films to think they need to catch up. So that so we thought for simplicity, let's just call Halloween, which which there there's your answer, guys. The answer is in a nutshell what I've been saying for a long time and most people get and Nick gets it, too. This movie was made to get everybody's butt in the seats, not hardcore fans. I guarantee you if a movie called Halloween Returns would have come out and it would have been this movie. At least seven million would have been taken off the box office, I think. Because there would have been people that are like, oh, shit, I don't own the original. I haven't seen it. I'll have to watch that before I go see that. I think that's a possibility. No, 1,000%. You know, I think that's yep. a strong possibility. And I, the chat that has spoken, they're saying that they're too lazy. They should have got a better name. But look, guys, I, I, I get it. I kind of get it, to be honest with you. I don't agree. But you know I, what? I, now, I didn't have a problem with it. I just didn't have a problem with it because that rationale, as flawed as it may be to us... The proof is in the pudding, and it's kind of shown over time. Look at Scream. Scream 5. Just call it Scream, and you probably bump up your box office numbers a little bit. Right. You know? Um, I want to talk about this real quick. A lot of people speculate that Laurie Strode wrecked the bus. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, there is zero in this book about that. I think I think that's a great theory to have. And it sounds really cool, uh, but that's just not the case, guys. I don't think that's the case. I can tell you uh, about a few things when we get there, but let's let's talk about John's involvement in the film. Obviously, John, his son, and his godson would be making the score. Hello to all 109 of you in here. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the making of Halloween 2018. Um, Greatest film ever made. Let's let's see. It's actually a great story, though. You know, it is. It is. And it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad means. movie. Uh, this is one thing that uh, McBride um, said about John Carpenter's involvement. One of the best qualities this film takes from th from the original involves keeping things simple. Of Carpenter's storytelling wisdom, he told the guys, my advice is straightforward. Keep it simple keep it relentless the author says those may seem like two very contradictory things but they share a similar motivation you don't need big set pieces and you don't need big spectacle um ryan allen says it should have been called halloween oh snap he back uh yeah yes you know you know this move this this book is actually kind of lightened me up on this movie a little bit i gotta say uh, I know I was telling Nick this the other day. I think the soundtrack is fucking undeniably good. Fucking banger, dude. It's just, it's because it's got a lot of great, my favorite scores are the new scores. You know, it's like the new stuff that I love. Um, any comments on John Carpenter's involvement? You know, I think a lot of people speculate he just took a check. Any 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 comment on that before we move on? Or the he, chat, any involvement? He did he did take he did take a check, yes, but I do feel like he did have some passion here because Jamie was back, Nick was back, there was people back, and he respect you're popping some jiffy pop again, Christian. Um oh my Lanta. Is it bad? It was just there, whatever you were doing. Is it um, gone? Yes. Okay, my mic cable was going bad. I'll have to, I'll have to fix it. It's always popping now, buddy. 
I'm going to mute myself and fix that. Keep talking. Okay. Um, I do, but I do think there was some passion there because I do think that like he had involvement in other movies in the series, Halloween two, Halloween three. And when he talked about Halloween two, you guys remember his stories. Like, oh, I had a fucking six pack and you know, I'm just basically, he blamed it on the Budweiser. He got hammered and was like, fuck it. And then Halloween three, he was like, let's get weird, bro. But even then he didn't seem as, as involved in those as I think he did with 2018, 2018, he showed up to the set uh really just redid this whole new score that was just like fucking awesome i mean say what you will about the movie and you guys know how i feel about the movie it, it i think it's okay but there was definitely some passion there um for check one two for him yep you're good so okay. there was there, there was definitely some passion involved i think but not to the level that it was for 78 but even then i don't think john ever has been someone that just lauds halloween 1978 i feel like he tries to avoid it he talks about his other movies a lot and i think that has to do with the fact that the franchise kind of took a life one of its own and he didn't agree with a lot of it so it's like yeah i did that halloween movie whatever but right. um yeah i i, I think that he, there was some passion here for the first time in decades for him with halloween yeah um let's move on Remember, guys, we're having a call-in portion at the end of the show. I'm seeing some great questions. I would love to hear you ask them to us. Just a call-in. You don't have to be on screen. Yeah, Mike, I talked to him. I actually live in his basement. Um, good dude. He's actually upstairs. I can go I, get him. Uh, ben Grimm asked a, a good question, though. He, he says, what do you think his favorite movie is? I think it is Big Trouble in Little China. I think he I loves think that movie. I think he's actually said that before, yeah. It's so good. Big trouble in little China. John just strikes me as the type of guy that is not what you expect. Like no. at all. Like, he's, he's a basketball like, fanatic. Yeah. Loves, you would think he loves the Lakers. No, he loves the golden state warriors. Golden state warriors. Okay. Yeah. I know he loves basketball. Yeah. He fucking loves basketball. And yeah, he's just, he's different, man. I like it. Yeah. Um, That's not an unpopular opinion, Cody. That's not an unpopular opinion. All right, guys, let's continue. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the uh, making of Halloween 2018. Uh, This is just a little, a little, a little tidbits on the movie. I I found interesting. Uh, Halloween 2018's new take on the final girl archetype also drops the expectations. This is why I wanted you to hear the uh, take. I can still hear you. Keep going. Okay. Um, like give me five seconds, but I can. Okay. Well, I, I I really want him to hear this. Hear this. I'll, I'll I'll just say. Um, he does all, you know what he, John Carpenter also does like playing video games. Uh, Toronto Freddy says, Lori should have crashed the bust. Had she have, I would have liked 2018 much more than I somewhat tolerate. Um, you guys are cool. Thank you. Um, okay. I just, I, I know you can hear me, Nick, but I, this is really cool. So I wanted you to be all here. Right, let's this. do it. Fucking do it. Go. This is, this is why I like the, the, uh, the author of this book. Everybody pay attention to this now. All you Rob Zombie Halloween 2 haters. <laughs> Halloween 2018's new take on the final girl archetype also drops the expectation that life will go back to normal after this all blows over. It definitely won't. It's far more realistic and interesting to explore the fact that life for Lori, Karen, and Allison will never be the same again. Karen lost a husband. Allison lost a father. The ripples of 2018 will affect them in profound ways for the rest of their lives. More and more horror films seem to be concerning themselves with the lasting effect of post-traumatic stress, which further ties into the hashtag MeToo movement. Not commenting on that. I'm just saying that's what's in the book. I'm not getting into a political debate here. Curtis would tell Variety, we never make movies about what happens after the violence. 
We make movies about violence. We glorify it, but we never ask what happens after. On the subject, this is the author, on the subject of exploring trauma in horror movie films, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 had quite a lot to say on the matter. If you could just get past the white horse bit. Do you hear that, you sons of bitches? Rob Zombie was, was, (laughs) Rob Zombie was ahead of the Me Too movement. He was ahead of it, Nick. You're trying to tell me Rob Zombie had something profound to say in a movie with a white (laughs) horse? I just can't buy it. Yeah, y'all get off your fucking high horses, all right? You know, no pun get intended. Off get off your yeah, white. Get horses. off your high no, white horses. No, no. Get off your white horses. Yeah, I thought that was interesting though. It's like, dude, it's Rob Zombie in that instance was ahead of his time. Yeah, the dude. I'm not smart. making this up. Yeah, and we talk about it all the time. In 2009, how many movies we see do that? Like, how many movies did we see t- tackle PTSD like Not that straight on? And movies that did, don't say, well, here's one. What movie did it how Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 did it, where it wasn't this good, feel-good love story at the end where everyone came out of it? No, they literally all succumbed to it. Like, you never saw it. If it was tackled, they survived somehow. Not in Halloween 2. No. The message of Halloween 2 is sometimes it gets you. And that's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, people, the, the chat has spoken. They're saying Lori should have crashed the bus. In their minds, they think that makes more sense. No, not at all. Not at all. Really? Because you don't the, think the, her her you don't think her overall or overall feel fear would eventually cause her to just say, "I just I gotta I gotta I can't live with this guy." If I gotta, she were I to do that, though, Christian, if she were to do that, do you really think she would have walked away from it, not knowing that he was dead? No, the only way it would have made sense for her to crash that bus is to go in there, grab that motherfucker, and make sure she he was dead. Well, she wouldn't have just crashed it and walked away. Well, hold on. What about this? What if what if she would have tried to crash the bus in a horrific way that would have caused not only Michael to die, but she was so hell bent on killing this guy, she would have she was sacrificing other patients. What about that angle where she was trying to crash the bus for for death? Sacrifice, and she was so willing to go far enough to kill other people. I'm just well, devil's advocate. No, devil's advocate. If that were the case, and she died, yes. But if she walked away from that crash, the Lori Strode that we know, whether it's from 2018 H2O or whatever it is, if she survived that crash, she would have gone onto that bus to verify that man was dead. Period. Right. Point blank. Full stop. There's. She would have done nothing else. Like. She wants to watch the life leave his eyes. She wants that. And if she would have crashed the bus and walked away and been like, oh, I broke my butt cheek. Like she wouldn't have just gone home. She would have been like, well, let me make sure this dude's dead. Like, yeah. So, but devil's advocate, had she done it to die and hopefully kill him in the process? Well, then, yeah, because she's fucking dead. How is she going to verify if he's dead or not? But I'm saying with what we were given, with her surviving and then she's back at home the next day. No, no. The theory just doesn't hold up because Lori wouldn't have done that. (laughs) All right. So let's talk a little bit about everybody's favorite character from this movie. Dr. Sartain. Fuck. Speaking of the not so good doctor, the Sartain role quickly emerged as one of the least popular parts of Halloween 2018 due to a controversial plot twist in the third act. Initially introduced as Loomis as a Loomis surrogate, quote, oh, you're the new Loomis, quote. He eventually reveals a disturbing obsession with his most notorious patient. 
Sartain's goal was not to cure his mute patient's deadly urges, but rather to understand them and hopefully one day hear him speak. This is the only thing in this book about the bus crash, guys. With the bus crash, Sartain sets in motion an elaborate plan to achieve, excuse me, to achieve these goals. While it's left ambiguous in the story, the film's producers have since confirmed that Sartain orchestrated the crash. Yes. Can we put that to bed now? The internet sucks sometimes. Well, I think the people, not the people here, the people here are saying that they, it almost sounds like they wanted Lori to crash it. No, I know. I mean, the rumors that like literally rumors, get started by shit posters on Reddit that are like, no, this is what actually happened. It's like, no, right. everybody made that up. Yeah, yeah, everybody was on set. You know, they were in the writer's yeah. rooms. In a way, the Smith's Grove psychiatrist is Michael's biggest fan, even more so than Chet, the bringer of death from Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yes. I just love the fact that this dude likes Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and all the shit people bitch about. He takes instances from other fucking movies that are more ridiculous and throws it back in their fucking faces. God Y'all, damn I can't. It, I cannot wait. I love for the... this guy. I Christian. fucking love this guy. I'm going to try to I'm going to get on Christian's level. I cannot wait for 20 years from now when so many of you motherfuckers and people in the just regular public eye start heaping praise on that movie for the fucking movie, good movie that it is, that you shit on it because everybody else shit on it for years and it was cool and it was edgy and it was popular. No, fuck you. That movie's awesome. I'm fucking tired of it. It's awesome. I love this guy. I love this guy. And this guy, this guy's awesome. We need to get him on the podcast. Dustin McNeil. Look, if, guys, you, I if usually, you're listening, get on here right now. I usually don't die on a hill with movies. I like to be Mr. Irish. I like to hear the people's opinions and, and have fun with it. I, I will die on a hill for Halloween, too. Same. Uh, let's continue with the Sartain character. Again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the making of Halloween. By the way, guys, if you actually don't like Halloween, too, that's fine. We don't we don't actually dislike you for that opinion. We're just being extra. I dis I dislike them. Wow. Sartain, like Lori, is under the impression that she means something to Michael. By staging a reunion between the two, Sartain believes he can trigger a, a verbal response to his patient. In spite of my encouragements, this is a quote from Sartain, in spite of my encouragements, he remains unresponsive but tonight so many possibilities exist for many fans the character crosses a line when he tries on the shapes iconic white mask after murdering hawkins probably the most hated scene in that film sartain remains the secret architect of everything that transpires within the film uh this is an omitted sartain dialogue line Oh, here we go. With, with what greater spectacle than to reunite two old friends, Michael Myers and Lori Strode, a historic reunion. Michael, she's been waiting for you. Are you ready? Uh, I don't uh, know. I think the Sartain character was a mistake. And um, yeah, but you know what movie doesn't have mistakes? No, here's the thing. Sartain would have been fine had he just stayed. Had he died in the bus crash? That's what should have happened with it. It's fine that he has a new doctor that is kind of like feels a kinship toward him and, and wants to get a, get a breakthrough that nobody could get with him. I totally get that, but he should have died in the bus crash and that should have right. been the end of it when he survives. And he's like, Lori Strode when she, when they are outside the house and she's like, Oh, you're the new Loomis. Like, it's just like, come the fuck on. Like, and then he's like, I'm going to put on the mask and then almost kills everyone's favorite <laughs> character in that movie right. Hawkins kicks ass and he was supposed to die 
and people were so mad about it. They're like, we'll make it to where he like almost died. Right. Like that'll fix the Sartain thing for people. Right. Like, no, no. Yeah. Well, the people have spoken. I mean, they don't like Sartain. Sartain is not the fan favorite of that film. And people there's like- a, there's a laugh out loud moment in the theater for me in this one and in kills it's Sartain putting the mask on. And not only did I laugh, I turned to my wife and I said, are you fucking kidding me? And then in Halloween Kills, the woman in the hospital, when she goes, evil dies tonight, I literally was like, fuck. And I like put my head like in my hands. I was like, come on. Yeah. Uh, before we continue the the making of Halloween 2018, we got Savoy 1984 with an 899. Is that Euro? What is that, Nick? I don't know. I don't know. I they, saw him they, in your they, show they, too. You tipped me the same amount. Yeah. Um, God bless welcome, you. welcome here. Yeah. Um, I think that's a euro. I don't know. We're more money dumb. So don't ask us. You can read what he says for us, Nick. I pretty much had an epiphany during Halloween 2018. I'm all in now. It's like one of those first VHS, VHS tapes I bought was Season of the Witch. John Carpenter can pretty much do anything and I'd be happy. Yeah, I agree with the Carpenter thing. And with 18, Christian and I had the opposite relationship with that movie where we both initially were like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then as time has gone on, we can appreciate it for what it is. Right. And we can say it's a well-made movie. It is it is a welcome return for the character, but it doesn't feel as inspired as it maybe should have. But I'm lightening up because the journey, when you know the journey, it's like we just see the movie and we judge and we judge and we judge. But when you see the story and all the shit that happened and what they had to do, it's like you start to feel for these guys a little bit, you know? Also, are we, yeah. Are I we mean, changing our minds, chat? Are we lightening up a little bit, chat? Yeah. Let me know. It. Thank you so much, Savoy. I really appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you for the super chat. That's British. Thank you. Um, oh, it's pounds. I'm not even going to try to do my British <laughs> accent. I'm not going to do it. Thank you, Savoy, for the that's that's Australian. Anyway, Australian night. So we're not going to talk about special deleted scenes because everything that was deleted is on the Blu-ray according to this book. So nothing juicy, okay? Jaden, um, I'm gonna hurt you. Uh, he likes it. Toronto says, "Why? Why does lawyer need to refer to him as a shape? He has never been referred to that by any character, only in the end credits." I, that's a good question. Toronto, maybe we'll get an answer to that. Let's talk about the original opening for this film. Um, Halloween 2018 might have charmed many a fan with its callbacks to previous films, but it, it, it risked. This was crazy to me. This was not filmed. Uh, but it risked. Son of a bitch. But it risked alienating legions of series followers with its original opening. You can build almost anything on top of Halloween's mythology from sibling drama to secret cults. But what you cannot do is rewrite the mythology. For most of the new film's pre-production, its filmmakers plan on doing exactly that by controversially altering the original Halloween's ending. Even worse, they aim to kill off a fan favorite. Now, there's going to be one person that you guys are going to give a huge clap to when i tell you about who stopped this and it's the person who stopped it is you're gonna love you already love them but now you're really gonna love them so please pay attention all 180 of you because this is really incredible 180 100 108 not 180 108 i'm not pizzo in the ending (laughs) of carpenter's original loomis rushed to Lori's aid as she's being attacked we're talking about the original halloween guys Mm -hmm. he fires six shots into the shape which sends him tumbling 
over a second story balcony. Loomis looks down at the motionless killer, then to Lori and back to the shape who has now vanished as first written. Halloween 2018 was to open with a revision of the classic ending. In this version, Loomis rushes to Lori's aid, but is immediately strangled to death by the shape. Lori grabs his dropped revolver, and it's she who fires six shots into the shape, who then tumbles over the balcony. Police soon arrive, including a young Deputy Hawkins, to find Lori upstairs, still pulling the trigger on an empty weapon. They wanted to rewrite history and kill Dr. Loomis. They wanted to kill Doc. Think about that. They wanted to kill him. Mm -hmm. Now, you ready for this, Nick? Mm -hmm. I know who stopped it. Originally, they were going to kill Donald Pleasance's character, Carpenter said. And I said, that's a mistake. The audience won't like that. That's a revision I don't think we should do. So my one big contribution... That, so that was my one big contribution. I thought the fans are going to get pissed off. I don't think you even have to deal with the ending of my movie. John Carpenter saved Dr. Loomis. If he would have taken a check, like a lot of people think, and he just said, give me the money, my kids can write the score, I'll put my name on it, that wouldn't have happened because he wouldn't have cared. He stopped them from killing Dr. Loomis. Can you fucking believe that? Yeah, because that's one of the greatest characters from his movie, if not the greatest. Uh, he is, it's like Ahab and the whale. You know, I mean, it's like you can't have one without the other. And if you're really going to do some revisionist history like that and take out that character in that way, and no, no, Carpenter, he, we say it all the time, he's a fucking genius. And that was genius of him to be like, I don't care what you think. You have with that opening, that ain't it. So, no. Oh, my God. I got fucking anxiety reading that. Can you imagine if that would have happened? And somebody says, well, they killed him in six. That's that's true, but that's Halloween six. We're talking about changing the ending to the... We're talking about changing history. We're talking about changing... Six. Well, Michael kills him in a theatrical cut. I guess, no, right? Well, he no, screams no. like a girl. But we know, yeah, I mean, that is to be interpreted. I always believe that was to be interpreted as he discovered that Michael was gone. But once you see the producer's cut, you understand that that scream is the exact, that's just the scream of when the thorn symbol appears on his wrist. So, yeah, they cut it that way in the theatrical cut because they couldn't refilm a new ending with him. But knowing what we know now, we know Loomis didn't die. The intention was never for him to die. Yeah, and, and I'm... They Right. And I mean, yeah. I'm not even I'm not even coming it from even that that uh, as a specific thing. I mean, but regardless, I'm saying even if he does die in six, let's just say if you never saw the producer's cut and you see it and you take it as Michael takes his mask off and kills Loomis. Even so, that's Halloween six. We're talking about killing Loomis. We're talking about. Can you imagine if not William just Fre Loomis? Can you, can you imagine? If, right. Right. Could you imagine if William Freakin said. Uh, I'm making a, an Exorcist sequel, and I'm gonna completely change the ending of the movie where they just kill the devil and everybody's happy, and they take away that ending where the priest saves everybody by taking the devil and killing. Him. Like, can you? That's history. We're talking about. We're talking about changing history. Like, can you imagine that? 
Um, Jesus Christ. I don't want to. And especially because you couldn't have Pleasance do it. So not only would you be killing this character. That's double disrespectful. Yeah, it's a fucking recast. It's like, gee, no, no, don't even touch it. Oh, God. <laughs> Y'all need to stop talking about these indie pieces of garbage. Anyone got Daniel's number? <laughs> Tony Moran. <laughs> we got Tony Moran in the chat. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Let's talk about the original ending. We're almost done with uh, taking shape. Then we're going to be taking your calls, getting your calls, get ready, get by your phones. Halloween 2018's original ending began is uh, this, the original ending. This was not filmed. Halloween 2018's original ending began after Lori shoots off two of the shapes fingers returning to the basement. She finds Karen with an unloaded pistol. Theatrically. This is when Lori switches on several massive floodlights throughout the property per the original ending. Per the original ending, she insists she instead shuts the power off, plunging the home into darkness. Watching through cracks in the floorboard, Lori spots the shape and shoots at him through the ceiling. Running back upstairs, she fires multiple rounds into the shadows of her dark abode. Lori notices Allison in the front yard sobbing over the body of her dead father. She rushes to the granddaughter's aid. Uh, just then, the shape appears behind Allison. Lori charges him with only a blade, and a brutal knife fight unfolds on the front lawn. Slices the she slices the arm, returning the favor for, from forty years prior. Though the shape buries his blade deep into her chest, Karen steps onto the porch, holding a high tech crossbow, which she fires at the slasher of crossbow. The arrow impales him just below the right shoulder, jutting out several inches. Karen and Allison pull an injured Lori to safety, who mutters, "Kill it! It must die." A bear, a badly wounded shape, drops his knife and stumbles into the woods. That was the original ending of the film. I don't know. That doesn't sound, that doesn't read very good to me. Um, I still think there's a better ending than we could have had that was in the actual movie, but I don't know that it's better than what we actually ended up getting. That, no, that, that I, didn't read very good to me. The ending we got in the theatrical cut of Halloween 2018 is the best out of any of the endings they had. And, and I will stand by that because it's, it leaves some finality but also doesn't like you can make a case for how he would survive. It's very epic in the sense that shot, all the problems I have with 2018, that shot of him looking up through the bars surrounded by fire, just staring at Lori is fucking awesome. Cause you're just thinking about what's going through their minds at that time where she's probably like, got you motherfucker. And he's down there like you bitch. Like, there, it's it's a great shot. The music is swelling. I mean, it's awesome. And then you get the, you know, they're all injured and, and driving away. Allison's got the knife almost like to, you know, say this is symbolic passing the torch kind of, but you can make the case. I can see how Michael survived that. So I think that out of the three endings, the alternate ending they did shoot, the one that they initially had and the one we finally got, I think the one we got is the best ending. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we got one more thing we're going to read about <clears throat> written, but not filmed. Many fans have noted that Lori and Hawkins are on a first name basis when they cross paths outside Julian's home. Some have theorized that they might've been married in years past, which this was written, I think before kills came out, but it's unlikely Lori would have ever, would ever marry the man who stopped Loomis from killing her attacker 40 years later. The interesting thing is they're, they're very lovely, lovey together in the hospital room. And kills. 
A pre-shooting draft of the script offered a possible explanation for their familiarity with one another. Apparently, Lori is no stranger to Haddonfield's law enforcement community. Seeing her at a gas station crime scene, Hawkins would have commented, again, not filmed. Is that who I think it is? Yeah, she calls the station at least twice a month. She's a paranoid pain in the ass. Tell her to go home. So they initially sounded like they were going to have Hawkins not like this broad at all. And I feel like they're going in a different direction now. You know? Yeah. So no, that Jaden, that is not what I was doing. Uh, but guys, that is basically the making of uh, Halloween Kills. Halloween, Halloween 2018. Excuse me. I hope everybody enjoyed that. We need Taking Shape three after Ends comes out, so we can get some kills and in, in uh, Ends making of. I, I mean, I really do. But you know, there was nothing about test screenings in here that really gave me anything of. Um, the test screenings were great. Aside from the ending, they changed the ending because that was the only thing people didn't like. And after they changed the ending, all the test screenings were the, the word of mouth was positive. And you saw that when it first came out to critics, the scores were the best scores since the original. I mean, you know, it's like they knew they had a hit on their hands. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to attempt to do the call ins now. Is everybody ready to call into the show? You guys are live on the Unita Horror Podcast. Again, I cannot stress this enough. There is the number. Call, call, call me tonight. 318-598-1804. That's 1-800-YOU-SUCK. <laughs> Snick, are we going to get a call? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Again, right. I've got my finger on the... I, you know what? How about this? For the first call in? Nah, we're going to let it rip. This is Back Talk with Barry Sims. Are you all ready to call in? Give us your thoughts. Uh, as Christian said, you guys aren't going to be able, or we're not even really going to be able to like have a conversation with the three of us. Uh, most of it really just state your piece. If you've got something to say, um, seriously, though, like don't ruin this for everybody else. We cannot stress that enough. Christian will hang up immediately and we'll know who you are. And we got a call. All right. Uh, let me take this and see who it is before I. Uh... Is this Jamie Lloyd? Hey, who do we got here? Is this Cody? I'm not hearing anything. I know. I don't have. I don't have him in yet. Um, let me try to recall back who I just had. Okay, let's see. I'm calling this person back. I'm trying to. I mean, yes, you can cuss, but, you know, slurs of any kind. Yeah, probably shouldn't do that. Name calling. I'm used to it by you guys. I can take it. Now, Nick, you might be able to hear this person, but they're not going to. They're not going to hear you. Who is this? Surprise, Sydney. <clears throat> Is he going to answer? Hello? Hey. Hi. Hey, who we got uh, here? This is Robert A. Robert? How you doing, Robert? Nick, Robert. can you hear Robert? Yeah, Robert, can you hear me? I think there's a no. lag on my end, so I really can't hear. That's fine. What do you got for us, Robert? Thanks for calling in. Um, I can only hear Christian, but... um. 
Uh, you guys said something about leaving a review for Halloween 2018, so I'm going to do just that. That's okay. Um, I think Halloween 2018, although it doesn't do anything original for the series, I think it does celebrate like the series overall. And it, a lot of my friends who normally wouldn't love to go, who normally wouldn't choose to go back and watch any of the prior Halloween films, after having seen 2018, were so ecstatic about the movie that they desired to go back and watch all of them. Um, and I myself, a huge Halloween fan, felt like seeing 2018 on the big screen, it was like meeting an old friend, if that makes any sense. Um, it felt like Halloween was back, kind of the way people always say about like, you know, those, those recalls were like Scream is back and, you know, Candyman's back. It felt very... Warm, uh, welcoming and very uh, warm. It was a warm welcome, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. That's it. All right, Robert. Hey, well, we appreciate your call, man. I, uh, we'll do this again. You can call back. Feel free to call back anytime. But we, uh, we're going to hang up so Nick can respond. But we appreciate your call, brother. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. And Ro- Robert, since you couldn't hear me, uh, Ro- got another one. All right. Do it. Do it. Well, Robert, since you couldn't hear me, I just want to say I agree with you. It it felt the same. To accept, press 1. To send a voicemail, press 2. Hey, who do we got here? Hey, Christian. Hey. me, Quentin. Quentin, what's up? I'm the kid who looks good. I listen to your videos. You guys make awesome videos. And my thoughts on Halloween 2018 is that they did a good job. You like Halloween 2018? Yeah, I'm a big Halloween fanatic. And I just want to let you know that I cannot wait for Halloween ends. To you come can't out wait, in October. huh? October. Yeah, what? they did a good job. Well, what do you prefer, Halloween Kills or Halloween 2018? I think Kills because it's much more gorier, and they do a good job. All right. Well, we appreciate your Especially call. Especially like when they showed the flashback scene to Halloween 19 to 1978, to when Hawkins like literally like shot his partner on accident. It was pretty. Yeah, well, keep going. We're listening. I mean, it was pretty awesome. I mean, they did a good job. I mean, I mean, I like it when it took place at night. And, and I remember, like, when, like, at the end of, like, Halloween Kills, when, um, when Michael Myers was beaten by the Haddonfield people. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking that, like, I mean... I think they should make more Michael Myers movies after 2018. That's what I think. I mean, after end, end. Right. You want more? Yes. I do want more Michael Myers movies. All right. Well, hey, man, we appreciate your call. Uh, uh, and uh, thanks for watching the show, man. Whenever you do another show, feel free to call back. I will, Christian. I will. All you right. guys are awesome. Thank you. God bless. Take it easy. Uh, Nick, what do you think so far? Am I popping bad again? Or am I fine no, right we're, now? We're we're hearing stuff. We can hear people calling in and like the beeping noise. Like we can all hear that right now. Okay. You got another caller? Call from Jack. Hey, who do we got here on the You Need a Horror podcast? Hey guys, it's Jack. What's up, Jack? Talk to us. What do you got for us? Yeah, so um I really like 2018 
and I really liked Kills as well. I mean, in my opinion, they were good. They were fresh. I mean, I choose to ignore that Rob Zombie shit that <laughs> was put out. I mean, the guy had some good music, but you can't. No, you, you get away from cinema altogether. I mean, Devil's Rejects was okay, but his take on Halloween, absolutely disgraceful, okay. right? Um, Seven Day is my second favorite film, right behind the original uh, Texas Chainsaw. Very nice. But, um, you know, the thing, see, I'm getting a little nervous for ends because I keep hearing these things about, you know, how it's going to go down and everything. And Michael's not actually in the movie for the bulk of the movie. And it's actually someone else. And I'm like, why are we doing this nonsense trying to make something look like fucking Friday the 13th part five? I remember I watched that and I'm like, this is stupid. It's ridiculous. It's like a sham, right? So now... I don't know what David Gordon Green is thinking, but, you know, maybe the writers ran out of ideas. Maybe Daniel McBride threw this in there. I don't know what's going on with, with the script and the storytelling for ends. But and then, you know, on top of the fact that, you know, there's, there's no proof that this is true. So don't ever anyone think it's an actual spoiler. It's actually just speculation. But they're saying that Laurie and Allison are going to take Michael out at the end, two females. Was this the same ancient evil of the shape that went through a fucking mob of like 20 people, got shot five times, okay, um, and stabbed in the spinal cord, got up and just laid waste to an entire town, and not to mention in 78 that took... Six 357 slugs to center mass fell off of a 15 foot balcony and just <sighs> walked right away. You're telling me like uh, Lori and her granddaughter are going to take him out or bring him to a yard and have him dismantle. I mean, seriously, <laughs> is this me too going crazy or what? This is fucking bullshit. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I might not even go see this. If this is actually what's going to go down, I'm going to feel sick. Uh, I'm nervous. You're nervous, I'm man. Nervous. Well, well, hey, man, we're gonna let you go. Thanks for the passion. Uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, you, you, the people are speaking, Nick. They're they're nervous for uh, Halloween. But hey, man, thank you for calling. Thank you for watching the show. God bless you. Uh, you be good. All right. You bet. Thank all you right, man. Later. All right, uh, Nick. Before we take our are, next call, this is awesome. We, the people are speaking. Uh, no, it is awesome. And I wasn't actually like angry or anything, guys. We're we're, we're just we're having a good time. We got a call. Well, I, I can't. I haven't been able to say anything. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me, let me uh, talk to me, Nick. You got the floor. Okay, guys, if you're trying to call in, give me just a minute. I, I want to respond to a few things. All right. So, yes, two females. Lori motherfucking Strode is on the same motherfucking level, no matter if you like it or I like it or anybody likes it, close to the same level with motherfucking Ellen Ripley, motherfucking Sarah Connor, Sydney Prescott. No matter what we want to say, she has earned her fucking keep. She has earned her keep, and she deserves her fucking flowers. Having said that, I totally get why you might like this 60-some-odd-year-old woman. This is also a 60-some-odd-year-old man, and we don't know how this is going to play out. All right? We don't know how this is going to play out, but I'm just saying I appreciate the passion. I appreciate literally, like, all of your guys' opinions. Seriously, like, 
this is this is so cool to be able to have you guys call and like give us feedback this is actually adds a new wrinkle to the show that is really cool and it's probably going to make us go live more so we can do this but also when we do this pre-recorded we'll let you guys call in and leave voicemails and we'll play them on pre-recorded episodes but yes um i don't give a fuck i I, i'm just saying i'm just saying you know let's give let's give Lori her due all right we might be burnt out on her but let's give her her fucking due Call from Cody. To accept, press. Hey, who do we got here? Christian Hanora. This is Cody from Upkeep Vision Film. Cody! How you doing? I'm good, thank you. I just want to say that uh, you and uh, Nick are doing a great job on the podcast. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. I love the enthusiasm of uh, Halloween 2, even though that's my least favorite. But <laughs> How <laughs> but about that last call? So take huh? that with a grain of salt. Yeah. What do you got for us, Cody? You got any questions for yeah, us? I just want, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, Halloween 2018, I absolutely loved it. And I feel like people are just shitting on it for no reason. Or, you know, there are reasons, but uh, people want that feeling that they got from the first one, but they're not going to get that because that's already been done, you know? So uh, I feel like uh, we just need to, you know, people are hating the movies before they even come out. Like, ends, people already hate it and they haven't even seen it yet. Well, that's the Halloween franchise, right? Yeah, oh, but I, I noticed that's happening a lot with horror or just movies in general. People are just hating it to hate, but it's a popular thing to do. It is. Uh, guys, I'm going to let you know right now, Cody, unfortunately, Nick is – I'm going to try to figure out a way for Nick to be able to – you'd be able to hear Nick because when you take the call, obviously, I'm the only one you can hear. But um, yeah, I, I want to say, Cody, you're a great supporter, man. You've got – you bought a lot of candles, man. Uh, God bless you. You're you're, uh, you're a good guy. Tell Cody I said God bless you. I, I, I love – I love them, man. Love you and you. Cindy are doing some great job, a great job with them. Yeah, all it's right. So great. The uh, that big apple is the best. Oh, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> it's gonna right, well, blow. Hey, well, hey, Cody, Nick sends his love right back to you. All right, and yep, uh, you guys have a great night. All right, brother. Thanks for calling. Call back next time too. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Take it easy. Cody goes. Cody goes. All right. <laughs> hey guys. I want you to call in, but please, like, if I'm on the phone with somebody, don't call in while I'm on the phone because we have to hear that. So, uh, I, Cody, like, this, seat, we'll take this seat's now. warm. I'm fucking super glued to it. I ain't going nowhere. Sorry. Dude, that was the best. I can't wait. I cannot wait to listen back to that call. That call was amazing. Ghost Dog with a 499 Super Chat just got off work. Glad I'm catching this live. Guys, now call. Somebody call back now. I just had to hang Come on. Whoever call. called before, call now. I had to, I had to, when I'm call on the me phone, tonight. I can't, here we go. Call me tonight. Let's go. Call from I can't Rudy. Wait. I cannot wait to listen. Rudy! To press one. I can't hey, who do we got here? Call me tonight. Hey, who do we got here? Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, what do we, who, do we, who do we got here? Oh, it's Rudy. Rudy! Talk oh, to us, Rudy. it's Rudy! Hey, I just want to say hi. I'm babysitting, so we're watching together, but... But what? But I was just... Uh, I just want to call and say that 2018 was awesome. Just the build-up to it, the hype, got us all excited. And that's why we actually were all into it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think time is going to be pretty good on this movie, too, don't you think? 
You hear us, Rudy? Yeah, I think we have a lag. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, Rudy, I know uh, you're a big fan of the Lost River Drive-In. Nick, Nick's sending his love right now to you. I know you can't hear him, but he loves yeah, you. Yeah, hey, there's just a delay, so it's kind of weird. Okay, okay. I apologize about that. But, uh, Rudy, thanks for calling, man. We really appreciate your your, your yeah, great no supporter. You great show. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Keep it going. Talk to you later. All right, brother. We love you. Bye. Thanks for the thanks for the T-shirt again, Rudy. This Nope T-shirt was sent to me courtesy of Rudy. Uh, he also sent me all the Child's Play posters from the Scream Factory pre-order because he didn't need them. So, yeah, Rudy's a great supporter. Love you, Rudy. Yeah, thanks again, Ghost Dog. Uh, guys, feel free to call in. And, hey, if whenever you do call in, mute your TVs. Mute your TVs or turn the TV off or leave. If you're on your phone and you call. Oh, here we go. Who do we have here? Call from Dalton. To accept, press one. Call from the devil. Hey, Dalton, talk to us, man. What you got for us? Uh, I mean, I like 2018. Um, I think it's better than uh, Kills. Um, Kills is a little bit more fun, but um. I think 2018 is probably going to age the best out of this trilogy by the end of it because that dialogue and kills is just horrendous. Right. Um, but looking back at it with what they are doing with like Karen and kills, and then clearly they don't seem like they're going to give two fucks about her and ends. Right. They probably should have killed Karen's in 2018. You think so? You think they should have just gone ahead and gotten rid of her? Yeah. I think one of them should have died in 18. And um, I like 2018. It's pretty good. It's just, I just think it was so overrated when it came out. I get it. Halloween fans were juiced up and just excited for a new movie. But there's a lot of issues with these two new movies. And, I mean, James Hughes the best part by far. Um, Agreed. And I think Jamie Lee Curtis is her best so far in 2018. I mean, I know she didn't, she didn't really get a lot to do in Kills, but um, I just think the writing and the dialogue and is much better in 2018 than Kills. And, so where are you sitting with ends? Do you think ends is going to end up uh, creeping up over Kills a little bit? Do you think it could be I worse? Would, where, where are you sitting I wish, right now? I wish you could hear me, too. I, I personally think Kills, we'll fix that, I man. mean, uh, ends, ends is going to be uh, pretty bad. Really? With, so the direct, with the direction that they're doing with this possible copycat killer and the four-year time jump i think the four-year jump is going to bite them in the ass mm. you think um, so i do i mean why would you do a copycat killer in the last movie they should and this i put this in a comment on one of nick's videos but they did this trilogy completely backwards they, if they were going to do a copycat, that should have been in 2018. End should be 2018. 40 years later, Lori's moved on, living her life. I agree. I agree. Nick agrees they do with a copycat. You. Yeah. This guy comes back, uh, basically is obsessed over 78, starts dating Allison. He becomes a copycat. Some Michael comes back for whatever reason. And then kills, says kills. And then at the end of it, because he's staring at the fucking window, because that's all he wanted to do was go home, they capture him at the end of it. 
Then four-year time jump and ends. Right. He's in jail. He breaks out. For four years, Lori and Allison have been training to prepare for Michael. Mm. To me, that just makes more sense. You know, you're, you're speaking you're, you're speaking to me right now, Dalton. I, you see, uh, I like where your head's at. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, your head at, it, head I just don't get how she couldn't get over 78 for 40 years, 40 years, but then she's going to, but then she's going to get over Karen's death, her own daughter after just four. I, I don't get it. You're good, right. Cody. You're good. <clears throat> well, Hey Dalton, uh, I, I love it, man. Thank you for the call. Um, we're going to be doing this uh, more often, please. Uh, first of all, uh, I know you can't hear Nick, but he appreciates the call too. We were listening to everything. He was listening to everything you're saying. Uh, thanks for, for watching the show. And, uh, Great comments, man. I think the the chat yeah, the, the, the chat has spoken. They're they're in agreement with you. They like what you had to say. Well, I appreciate it, and I'm a big fan of you guys. Keep up the great work. Okay, man. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. See. You. Bye. Dalton's uh, thank a great you, guy. Cody. Yeah, Dalton's Dalton, great. Dalton's a great guy. We're gonna take a few more calls, guys. And again, for the callers, uh, we're gonna try to uh, start getting it to where you can hear Nick. I got to figure that out. It's going to have to be some kind of workaround. I don't know if maybe I can patch Nick into a call while we do a three. I'll have to figure it out, but yeah, we're going to do three um, ways on here, guys. We're uh, now offering three ways. Yeah. Thank you very much, Cody, for the $2 super chat. I appreciate it. Um, Peanut yeah, butter we're not we'll... included. <clears throat> Let's see, Nick. Let's see who we got here. Call from. It ain't no butterflies. Ah, oh, Marcel. It's Marcel. Send a voicemail. Press two. Hey, we got you, Marcel. Yeah, you got me. Talk to us, Marcel. What's up, man? You're on the Unit Aura podcast live. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, no. Uh, in my opinion, I think uh, Halloween 2018 is better. I've watched it in the cinemas at a double bill after. I've seen Halloween uh, 1978, so it was really amazing to see that movie also in the theater. I don't know, the story's better, in my opinion. The story, the the character, and yeah, Halloween Kills has good kills, but that's it for me. That's it, huh? Yeah, the, the kills are good, but sorry, the dialogue lacks. Mm. Still think the Rob Zombie movies are better, but... <laughs> There you go. Uh, well, the chat doesn't agree with you. The chat doesn't like the Rob Zombie Nick film. does. Nick does. <laughs> I don't give a shit about chat teams. If I look like that Rob Zombie film, so Rob Zombie films are fucking awesome. Oh, Nick's laughing his ass off right now. <laughs> yeah, I can see on DC. Where are you calling from, and, uh, Marcel? The Netherlands. The Netherlands. I just want the chat to know that it's great that we have some callers calling from overseas. Uh, whoever's calling us yeah, right now, um, call back after we hang up. Uh, I would give an advice for people that go overseas. You need to put a um, plus one uh, before the number calling. Okay, call plus one before they call. The whole number, because otherwise you call me, you can call you guys. Right. <laughs> That's outside calling. All right. Well, Marcel, uh, we appreciate your yeah. call, man. I appreciate your thoughts on the uh, Halloween. Are you ready for Halloween yeah, ends? First, I'm ready for Halloween ends. I'm really ready for Halloween ends. I cannot wait. You're excited. I, I will meet, I'm excited, but I need to wait uh, because I will be in Ireland that time when it releases. So, 
fuck that shit. <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. You have to sit and wait. Well, hey, we got another call. Hey, thanks for calling, brother. We love you, okay? Love you, man. Doing good job there with the podcast, guys. Have a nice day. All right. Take Bye. it easy, brother. Call from Ali Hamoud. Ah, Ali. Set, press one to send a voice. Uh, this is the Unita Horror Podcast Live. We got Ali on the line. Ali, are you there? What's up, Christian? How you doing? Hey, brother. You're on the Unita Horror Podcast Live. What you got for us? Pleasure to be on. I just hear you guys talking a lot about Halloween 2018. I was going to share my thoughts about it. I just want to get your opinion of what you thought about it. Something that's been going on with the Halloween movies that I'm getting a little annoyed with. Uh, Halloween 2018 did the worst, I thought, and it's the unmasking of Michael Myers. Do you think we really need to see a 75-year-old Myers of a glaring bolt spot killing people in the bathroom? And, like, even in the like, – he's been unmasked for, like, four movies in a row. It just seems like it's just getting a little old. And, like, that's one of the great things about the Mystique. I, I don't even want to see what he looks like, man. You know, just – I love the coldness of the originals brought, but the unmasking of Michael Myers is just getting a little too uh, outrageous, I thought. And uh, as far as 2018 goes, as far as uh, – one thing overall I really thought about the movie is – Outside the unmasking is, um, what was I going to say? I go some crazy about the Karen, uh, the Karen Laurie Strode. You know what I mean? A little too all out. Like, I know you got attacked 40 years ago, but to rig, to rig your house the way that you did and the, and the crazy hairdo to go, with, go along with it, I just thought it was a little overboard. Other than that, uh, I just want to say that you rule for thinking Freddy, uh, Freddy's Revenge is the best. Totally agree. That's right. it for me. Big Freddy's Revenge fan. Absolutely. Nick is too. Um... Uh, but hey, thanks for your thoughts, man. Uh, thank you for being a fan of the show and calling in. We really appreciate it. Um, I hear you. You're making some good points. I agree. I think we could have uh, reeled some things back. And I'm sure you're probably upset with Halloween Kills having a whole scene with them without the mask, too. Yeah, man. He's just walking out. I, mean, I got my own bold spot to worry about, dude. This guy's cruising down the neighborhood, that thing glaring around. Like, come on, man. I hear you. So, we're, what are we thinking for Halloween ends? Are we excited? Are we, uh, are we, nervous where are we at with halloween ends well if halloween ends christian honestly it doesn't matter if i think the movie is bad or good you know like like i, I always want always i always want new ones to come out man but it's not going to change the way those first ones still still exist i can always go back and watch them when you hear people say it's just going to go ahead and water down the originals that's just a bunch of bullshit man you know what i'm saying like i hope the movie is good if it's not oh well at least i got the hype going into a halloween movie i get to watch it on peacock on my 70 inch or watching a movie theater for better or worse at least we still get that going for us. Right. And, you know, I'm at that age in life, too, where it's just like, man, I, I don't feel like being negative about shit anymore. You know, I just want to enjoy life. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a day that may come where you can't see Halloween in the theaters. And I'm sure that's not a world you want to live in or see a new Halloween that's, film in general. Absolutely, man. None of that, dude. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to ends. Um, and also, uh, I wanted to share your thoughts on what you think the overall best uh, horror film remake in my opinion, what you consider them all, man, I, I don't know if this is kind of like a hipster opinion, but I think I got to go with Elijah Wood in a, in a remake of Maniac. What'd you think of that? I loved it. Yeah, big fan of Maniac. Nick, think about your favorite remake so I can tell, uh, so uh, we can tell our friend on the phone. That's a fantastic remake. I'm a big fan of the, the Joe Spinell original, but that Elijah oh, Wood yeah. was fantastic because it did it from I a know. different mental, like, it was it was done differently, but it was committed to that difference, and it was brilliant. That, that Elijah Wood remake is fantastic. When I when I think of three that come, I absolutely loved it. Definitely not better than the original, but like 
Uh, my standards are pretty low with post 2000 horror, to be honest. Yeah, I wish I, I try to be more optimistic. I saw you rave about men. I'm like, man, I got to watch this movie. I'm not big on new horror. I'm not big on new horror. And man, I, I was kind of bored. The first 40 minutes felt like a lifetime movie, to be honest with you, if you remember those back in the day. But the last half was just amazing. Real Jew. Like, Holy shit. Well, I, I, I urge you to, I urge you to revisit it again pretty soon. I think the acting is spectacular in, in men. It is. It's a good movie overall. I loved it. I love the way it turned out in the end. I, I absolutely loved it. But uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that that shout out because that movie was definitely worth it. All right, hey, take, don't hang up. Just let Nick's gonna talk. You're not gonna hear him for a second. But Nick's about to tell the audience his favorite remake. Then I'll tell you my favorite remake. So just hang tight for a second. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, three come to mind for me: Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Last House on the Left, and The Hills Have Eyes. All right, so to recap, uh, he says that he loves Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Hills Have Eyes. What was the third one, Nick? Last House on the Left. And Last House on the Left. Are you familiar with Last House on the Left remake? You know, man, like that one slipped. Like that one along a prom night. There's certain ones I just I saw, and I'm like, ah, I don't think I'm into, I'll be into it. But if you guys think it's good, I heard a lot of people say it's good. It's hard to get me into this post-2000 stuff, but if I hear enough good things, I give in eventually. I hear you. Um, I'm trying to think, man, what is my favorite remake? You know what? I'm going to go with um, <clears throat> Son of a Bitch. You got me Fly? thinking about Mania. Oh, ni- oh, yeah, absolutely. He's right. My favorite remake of all time is uh, the Jeff Goldblum starred uh, The Fly, David Cronenberg. Great, great remake. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. You know, but I kind of feel like those old school remakes, they just got an advantage over the newer ones because just I don't know how to explain about how I feel about 80s horror, but like when the remakes were kind of done in that era, they're just better, like the thing and the blob and then what you just mentioned right there too. Like, um, I, so I kind of hold like the 80s remakes in a different regard than the post-2000 ones, if uh, that makes any sense. They're the real deal, man. The, the three thes, especially the blob, the fly, and the thing. I mean, you don't get much better than that. Holy shit, man. You nailed that one. I mean, the thing could be... Man, the Silver has the greatest horror film in the world. I, 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 I have a, I would have a hard time debating that. It's not worth. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, is all that and a bag of chips. Yeah, I almost don't consider Holy it a shit, remake. Yeah, you know? that's just great. I love how John Carpenter always uses Kurt Russell. He had him in like uh, you talking about Big Trouble in Little China and uh, Timmy Snake Plissken and uh, whatever his name was in the thing. Man, I love his lead roles. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, look, we really appreciate your call, man. Please call back next time we do this. You got it, brother. Take care. All right, take care. All right, bye. All right, guys, we're going to take a break for just a minute on the phone calls. I'm going to pull this out uh, so Nick can Nick hasn't been able to chime in with the conversation. We'll take two more calls, but Nick, uh, take a second. Catch up with everything that's been going on. I, we'll get you situated soon to where you can be part of the calls. But I mean, I'm, I don't disagree. I mean, my, my only thing is like, um, I don't know. Like the thing, I, I know it is a remake, but like I kind of just put it in its own category. Like if I it, technically speaking off of remake standards, like since it is technically a remake, yeah, yeah, the thing is the best. I mean, it's, I, it's, I, it's yeah, it's it's, yeah. A, it's such its own vision though that it's just like I, I understand, and yeah. it's totally different from the original, totally not even close. Yeah, and you know, uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's what I would say. You know, technically, if I had to, it would be the thing. Um, but yeah, Christian got that jiffy pop going again. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. You're what good. It's, it stopped as soon as you like moved. But All right, how about now? Are we good? Yeah, you're good. You're good right okay. now. Um, so yeah, I guess I just think more in terms of like, I'm thinking of like modern remakes. You know, 
like in my lifetime, uh, ones that I had the opportunity to see in the theater and whatnot. I don't know. Last House on the Left, I didn't see in the theater. I caught that on like Showtime or HBO Max not long right. after it came out, or not HBO Max, HBO, you know, back when we all had cable. Right. Um, and I was like, wow, that's really fucking good. You know, like, I mean, any movie, I don't know. Like, I'm weird on those like rape revenge type movies. Like, I spit on your grave movies are really hard for me to watch. Like, I watched them once, those like to watch that series. And I was like, I don't know if I'd ever rewatch those movies because like some movies are like really hardcore with it. And I just, I don't know anyone that is comfortable watching that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I, I I like it. Good deal. All right, guys, let's take two more. Nick, he's fine to take two more calls. We'll be at two hours right then. That's a good time yeah. to stop. Yeah. Okay, guys, call in right now. We're accepting your calls call on the you need a, on, on the you need a horror podcast. We're accepting your calls. Call me. Call Give me. us a call. We'll accept it. Come on, do it. You know you I'm not popping to. right now, right? No, you know you want to. I gotta get this situated because this is unprofessional. Come on, call me. Give Dude. us a call at the You Need a Horror Podcast. Oh, 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 oh. Send nudes. We're kidding. Kidding. Call from Will. Hey, Will, you're on the You Need a Horror Podcast live. What you got for us? That's my kid's name. Hey, um, so yeah. Uh I just wanna I, I, I'm really, that guy made me, I, if Will, if you weren't going to say something bad, call back. <laughs> Were you not nervous as fuck with that? Oh hit? yeah. Was that terrifying? Yeah. Yeah. Will, call, Will, if you're, Will. It's yeah. nothing personal. Like if you're not trolling, call back, but he's got to be on a hair trigger. Like we don't know what people are going to say. Do not be racist. Call from Isaiah. To accept, press one to send a voicemail. Hey Isaiah, what you got for us? You're on the New Hour podcast live. Hey, what's up, man? What's going uh, on, what brother? What are we even talking about? What's up? <laughs> what are we even talking about tonight? Well, I just got on here and it said call this number, and I was like, shit, I might as well try. Hey, it. yeah, absolutely. So we we went over on the book Taking Shape. I don't know if you've been keeping up with some of those videos I was doing where I was talking about these random facts about the entries. Uh, we did ho- the, the making of Halloween 2018, and now we're taking people's calls just on the thoughts on that movie after a few years, and our, our, and if you're nervous, excited, or worried about Halloween ends. Where, where are you with all that? Okay, I got, I got stuff to say. Nothing negative. Go but- ahead. Personally, uh, they sh- they fucked up on the title by calling 2018 just Halloween. They should have called it Halloween Night. Now, they could have gone both ways. They could have called it Night with the K, as in Lori's their only like white night of Halloween Night that could protect Hay- Haddonfield in 2018 to start it off, or they could just call it Halloween Night at- with the uh, you know the regular way you spell night. Right. And then second of all. For Halloween Kills, I really believe that the opening title was great with the uh, the pump the way they did the pumpkins and everything. But I really, really thought they should have paid homage. I know we got too many homages, maybe. Right. Um, but to homage to the second Halloween, since technically this is the second Halloween in this trilogy, they should have had the original Halloween Two pumpkin zooming out instead of zooming in and then it keeps going and then there's more pumpkins right and then eventually you see like the og pumpkin and all the pumpkins are stacked up 
into the shape of a skull, which is another homage to the original pumpkin from Halloween 2 because it opened up and the skull was inside. This time, the pumpkins are making the skull. And then blood, tears come out, and then just maybe flame somewhere. Mm. You got this all figured out. Yeah, I was. I, I had great ideas for all these movies and stuff, and they kind of just, I don't know. They, they should have t- called you. Not Danny McBride. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got several ideas just for a whole lot of franchises. Well, you I just don't really know how to put it out there without somebody being like, oh, I heard, you know, some guy talking about it or whatever. Or not, they won't even mention that. They'll just be like, yo, I came up with this idea, and then they'll go to the studio yeah. Whatever. Well, hey, man, uh, I appreciate your thoughts. Thank you for calling into the show. We're going to be doing this a little yeah, bit more frequently. Having us call in. This is awesome. Hey, All right, bye. Take care. Uh, we'll take one more call. Nick, thoughts? I <laughs> just want to take the call. <laughs> just take the last call. Take the call. Oh, uh, yeah. Call from Will. Okay, okay. To accept, press 1. To send a voicemail, press 2. We'll take this one. Call from... John. Hey, John. Hey, Christian, how's it going? Hey, you're on the You Need a Horror Podcast Live, man. What do you got for us? Oh, man, I just wanted to say that I love 2018. This is John with JK Ransom Reviews, by the way. So hey, you brother. See me in the comments. How you doing? Hey. Good, real Good. <laughs> Um, I, can't, I can't do the Macarena. Tell him that. But I just do it. Uh, sorry, it sounds like we had a little bit of a lag. But I just want to say I like 2018 because it kind of got rid of some of the garbage of the previous movies. Uh, we got rid of the cult. We went back to the basics. So that's why I like about it. Kills was a bit of a disappointment just because they say he's not supernatural. Per Danny McBride and them, he's supernatural by the end of that movie. Uh, I also just wanted to burn it down by saying that Rob Zombie's H2 is subjectively the worst movie in the Halloween franchise. <laughs> Objectively. H6 is the worst movie in the franchise. Here we go. And Halloween Halloween 3 doesn't belong in the franchise. Really, no. True story. I hear you, man. I wish Nick was here. I know. I, I, heard so, I, I know. I can hear he's, it. And he's never heard so much blasphemy. He can hear you, but you can't hear him. But he he's a little upset right now. You, you're, uh, you're working him up over there. He's about to throw the dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys, I just really appreciate ass. what you guys do. Him. Thank you for all the entertainment. Uh, thanks for killing it. I know life isn't easy, and uh, you guys are awesome. Hey, God bless you, man. We appreciate you watching the show, and keep up with you, what you've got going on on your end of things, man. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Motherfuckers are telling us to take Will's call. Will. Dude, Will. Will, Will. I, Will, Will, I need to see you in the chat. You're yeah, worrying Will. me, Will. You, you got to s- say something in the chat. You have to understand why that, we, yeah. The, pe- like, the people knew that. It he sounded like, like you were building up to something, and we cannot edit a live stream. So Dude, if you're in the chat, say something in the chat. If you're not, DM one of us so we know for future reference. It's nothing personal, like I promise. But I'm not going to risk our podcast with someone dropping We'll you know, take right, We'll take one last call. If of course we will. Wants to call, but of course we will. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Well, call from Will. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for hanging out tonight. We're gonna end the show. I'm sorry. That sounds so sketchy, Nick. I'm doing the right thing, right? Yeah, yeah. We got. We got to end it. We got to. <laughs> Just the way he's going. Well, well, listen. If 
I need you to message me. I've got your number. <laughs> so I need you to text me a picture of yourself. And if no, nobody, dude, he sounds like he's in a closet. Oh, am my. I right or am I right? Chat, I need, I, thank you. Michelle says Will is super dicey. <laughs> this has been an awesome show. Um, oh, the number shit. will be changed for the next episode. So, Nick, uh, what do you think? <laughs> Rudy says, Will, call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, it was fun. Uh, we're not doing this again until Christian finds a way to get me involved because I felt like I sat here for a half hour. I understand. I understand. I'm, not, I'm not mad. I'm just saying, like, we love the fact that you guys care enough to call. It was seriously fun to listen to all you guys. I don't know. Just, just you know, give your thoughts on the movie and the topics that we were talking about. It's awesome. Uh, and Will, again, nothing personal, really. Like, nothing personal. If, if if you were just like a, you know, normal dude that just wanted to talk to us, just reach out to us and let us know. But we can't take the chance of this up-and-coming podcast having some unintended uh, bad words. So... But we love you. If you if we you love you, Will. Will, uh, Will's. I've I've gotten rid of the tab, but Will's still trying to call. But hey, that was really fun. Uh, we're gonna do that again. We're just gonna get it figured out to where Nick can be a part of the conversation. Um, but I want to. Uh, we had a hundred strong basically the whole night, which was phenomenal. We have a hundred and seven right now. The people have spoken. I mean, the 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 viewership went up when we did this segment. So obviously, this is something that the people like. So. Um, yeah, we'll do this again, yeah. but this was a great episode. I can't wait to to listen to this back on Spotify <laughs> later on. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the well, well, um, I will. If you were just a this, nervous cat, this dude, so, I, he is unsubscribing to both of us. No, no, listen, <laughs> Will. If you were just a nervous cat and you were just didn't know what to say, that's fine. But you you were scaring me because you sounded like you were about to drop the n word. <laughs> I can't have that on air, brother. I can't take the risk. But um, oh, what a show! Shit. What a longest, show! Longest show we've done in a while. Amazing! Uh, thanks for the super chats. I had, a, I had a few beers too, so you know I'm feeling yeah. good. All right, guys. So God bless each and every one of you. Thank <laughs> you for talking the story of Halloween 2018 with us. Join us next time live, and we'll do more call-ins. Um, we love y'all, and we're gonna end the show with this. God bless y'all. Good night. <laughs>